You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 29 West Tolpehawken Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. So this is the last week of our season of Pentecost. I don't know if you remember, but when the second week we moved here to this building, uh, we celebrated Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit to the early church. And we've been talking about what it looks like to keep moving with the Spirit of God who is at work among us. Mostly I've been talking about how God is at work in the small stuff. The commonplace moments and and details of our lives are not separate or unknown to God. God is with us in all of it, not just in big miraculous moments. In keeping in step with the Spirit is about developing a life with God that keeps our hearts tuned in to God's constant presence with us so that we can respond to the Spirit and not just react to the moment. But life is moving fast. I don't know if you feel this. Uh, We try to keep up with a lot, most of us. My friend admitted this week that uh, he had this wake-up call that he might be needing to slow down when he was driving off his block in a hurry and he clipped another car door. The general pace of our society is and our information is to move faster, to get more in, to get more done. And the only way to combat that is to take a vacation or something. So I wanna talk tonight about the value of taking a pause. This is not about taking a vacation, although I do hope that you get that too. But vacation is generally about like checking out or shutting off, or propping your feet up. And what I'm talking about is a different kind of rest. The ability to breathe, to tune in, to pay attention to God's presence with us. To to be still internally, even when the world keeps moving. The pressure to keep moving is real, of course. I was, I was trying to think of an external experience of this, and I was remembering my very first team meeting as a clinical social worker working in hospice. So hospice really requires the ability to be present. And I work with this amazing team of skilled people who are able to tune into themselves and into others in the midst of really intense situations. But I came into this clinical team meeting which was full of like social workers and nurses and chaplains and the clinical supervisor, and maybe even the, the medical director, I don't really remember. But the whole, the whole team was there and the room was full and everybody was typing. Everybody around the board tables, typing on their computers, everybody sitting along the wall, typing, typing, typing. It was like this clicking frenzy of like focused movement. And I thought, what is, what is going on? Like, the meeting hasn't even started yet. I quickly learned that people were charting on patients that they had already seen. And when it came time to discuss a patient that they were working with, people joined in the conversation to coordinate care. And then they went right back to typing, like using every minute to be productive. 
just the volume of patients and documentation was really demanding. You may not be in meetings like that, but you can probably relate in some way to that like frenetic energy, um, that, that activity, that sense that you have to keep up to keep going and to get everything done. As if we're gonna save a minute by hurrying, right? Steve will tell you that this is me in the car. If we're late somewhere, I, I think that I can make up time by moving faster. There's no time to pause. Put your shoes on in the car, kids. Let's, let's make up for that 15 minutes that it took to find the shoes. But that never actually works, right? The, the highest goal in life is not efficiency and productivity, but our world is oriented that way. We all have lots of relationships and responsibilities, um, honorable things that we care about and we want to have time for. But at what pace are we moving? Does being busy all the time mean that we get everything done? Is that the goal? This, this kind of gets at the core of the way that we operate. Like underneath all of this is the question, am I in charge of everything? Does it all rest on me? And if you're home with little ones, uh, you might feel like your pace is very slow. The days can be long. You, you are in charge and things may seem like they rest on you. You might experience demands and responsibilities differently, but toddlers do have them. And it's hard to finish your thoughts sometimes, much less um, pause before you react or respond. And plus there's a literal need to stay in motion. Uh, when I would sit down to read to my kids before long, I would be falling asleep because I was sitting still for too long. So whether you're in charge of a program or a classroom or a household or a project, the practice of creating a pause can help us resist the lie that we have to keep going and producing and responding like we're on our own. It can create space for us to rely on the spirit of God at work in us. I was practicing an extended pause this week uh, by going on a retreat. Do you know that the pastors do this? Uh, in our role, there's this expectation to build in a rhythm of quarterly retreats. And it is so good. So thank you for that. Uh, not, it's not good because it's like a mini vacation or something uh, to check out. It's, it's a pause in our rhythm, to tune in, to be alone with God. But you don't have to go away for 24 hours of silence to do this, obviously. There are lots of ways to practice this kind of pause in your life. All throughout scripture, God is teaching his people how to live in relationship with him and building in rhythms to pause, to be still, to rest, to pray and to worship. When the Israelites didn't keep these rhythms, they had all kinds of problems and they ended up in exile. Jesus himself had a rhythm of resting and listening and then going and acting. 
Even he didn't live as if he was all on his own. So we need similar rhythms so that we don't end up thinking, I guess I'm alone here. I have, I have to make this happen. And there are lots of examples in scripture of how God provides through the pauses and the rhythms and how his people learn to trust and move with him. I want to share a story from the book of Acts where the Spirit of God was moving through the early church and the Apostle Peter was performing miracles. In this account, Peter takes a pause to pray before he brings a woman back from the dead. When, when emotions are running high and people have all kinds of expectations and there's pressure to hurry, Peter actually clears the room. He literally sends everyone out so that he can kneel down and pray. And I admit that my imagination for this story um, is heightened because of having worked in hospice. And if you've ever lost someone and you've gathered with family uh, and friends, you, you can probably imagine this scene too. Tabitha is this wonderful person who um, is always doing good, good deeds and kind acts, and she gets sick and she dies. And family and friends have gathered. And they hear that Peter is nearby, so they send for him. And when he arrives, they're crying, and they're, they're showing him clothes that she had made them when she was alive. They're in grief, and, and they bring him into the room with them. I think that people bring us into the room with them all the time. I'm, and I mean this figuratively. Um, it's like, like we get pulled in or, or drawn in or called on emotionally um, into the room with people and all that they are working out. I think this is what it means to be in relationships, right? We're complex people. And so when you are in the midst of so much that's going on in you, in the situation, in other people, you may just need to clear the room. This is like a moment to pause and to breathe and to recognize what is other people's and what is your own. It's a moment to ask God to do something, to intervene for the spirit to move. So let's read what happens for Peter in Acts 9, 36 through 41. Can somebody read this for us?
We don't know what all was going on for the widows in the room, uh, but it seems that Tabitha may have been a patron or a benefactor of them. Whether officially or unofficially, she, she was looking out for their interests and she had provided for them, specifically in clothing. And one commentary I read said that they may have been expecting Peter to be able to revive her because she had been moved to an upper room, which was not customary. Um, it was customary to bury the dead right before, before sundown, right away. So that probably explains why the two men were rushing to get Peter. Um, it's important that Joppa was near to Lydda because even a couple hours journey between the two would probably take most of the day. So we have enough indication that there was at least the pressure was on in some way. The expectations were high, the emotions were there. And I know that none of us are getting called in to raise the dead. Um, but what stood out to me in this story is that he sent everyone out and he took a moment to pray. He didn't, he didn't do this before every miracle. Peter had done other miracles. In fact, in the verses right before this, he heals a man who was paralyzed and had not been able to leave his bed for the past eight years. And Peter says to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Stand up and make your bed. And the man stood up immediately. And that's all we know about that story. Um, I wondered why that's all we get. And then in comparison with the story of Tabitha, uh, it has very little detail. It seems like Peter just healed this man. But it was obvious, obviously the power of the Spirit that enabled any of these healings to happen. So why did Peter need this moment to kneel and pray in comparison to other healings that were just performed? I don't really know. But I'm sure that clearing the room and kneeling to pray, taking that pause, was a chance to call on the Spirit to do something that was bigger than him. Peter was not doing this alone. He was participating with something that God was doing. He was, he was being used by God to show signs to the, to the people around him. So all of this just got me thinking about how in our day-to-day -day life, there's plenty of experiences where the moment the stakes feel high or our emotions are high, where there's internal or external pressure, being able to pause and to be still can help us tune into the reality that we are participating with what God is doing, or we have the opportunity to participate in what God is doing. We can become aware of the Spirit of God within us. So practicing a pause can mean that we don't respond right away. Maybe we don't text or email back immediately. Maybe we need to clear the room and to ask God to do something, to understand how we are to respond. We pause so that there's space to hear from God and to let the Spirit make us aware of something or to do something in the situation. 
Sometimes situations work themselves out while we're pausing to pray. There are all kinds of things that can happen. Taking a pause to be still can help us tune in to the depths of this moment without regret for what is past or living with worry for the future. It can be like enough to help us recognize that maybe the most important thing we're doing is in this moment doing the dishes and taking the trash out right now. In the pause, we can trust and assume that we will have what we need, that God will provide. This is what it means, I think, to tune into the God's spirit with us. Otherwise, we can go back to operating like we are on our own, like we can do this, like we have to do this. The spirit is far more wise and efficient than we are. So let's keep building in that pause, clear the room so the spirit can do something surprising, can, can lead our imaginations, and to breathe new solutions into being. Let me pray for us. God, it is easy to um, live out of our own sense of capacity and drive to keep up, to catch up, to make every moment count. Help us to keep tuning into your spirit by building in a rhythm to pause, to um, pay attention to what's going on in us, in the people around us, and to ask you to, to um, be with us and to move in the situations and the moments that we face. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.